and welcome to We're Just Hairdressers, a podcast founded on the belief that stylists around the world can be passionate about the artistry of hair design and use their talents to build wealth. I'm your host, Tara Hartwell. Society tends to look down on hairstylists and doesn't see us as the business savvy individuals we are. This podcast is all about showing society and you that you don't have to choose between being a hairstylist and a wealth builder. We can run a successful company, even though we're just hairdressers. For my first episode, I'll be talking with the wonderful Amanda Craig and all things stereotypes and stigmas around hairdressers. First, let me tell you a little more about myself and why I wanted to start this podcast. So I am a decade into the hair industry and the amount of things that I've learned to do and not to do is very superior to what I wish I knew years ago. So 10 years ago, I started out as an assistant. Um, It was the best career decision I ever made. I learned how to do, you know, what seems like the simple things, showing up on time, dressing professionally, wearing my makeup every day, and just showing up being ready to go. And that really set the foundation for my career. Um, Fast forward a few years later, I guess really about seven years later, I decided I was ready to open my own salon. And I opened my own salon. It was honestly all I ever dreamed of with a little bit more work than maybe I thought was coming but rewarding to say the least. And the thing about standing behind the chair, I still stood behind the chair at least six days a week when I opened my salon and my body became very tired. And I started to really explore different options as far as how am I gonna make the most out of my time while I'm behind the chair. Um, I realized that you know the older that I was gonna get, my body wasn't gonna let me stand behind the chair six days a week. So I always was very, very passionate about hair extensions. My personal hair extension story is I always joke with everyone that I have this conversation with, but I I have cat hair for hair. (laughs) And so hair extensions was a must for me even before my beauty career. And so I started out wearing hair extensions as a young girl and realized when I got into the beauty industry that it was going to be not only my money maker, but something that I became very, very passionate about. So um, I realized quickly that hair extensions was what was going to make me the most money behind the chair and create that life that I wanted to live. I quickly turned my salon into an official extension bar and I really just became obsessed. And a few months into the extension, I guess, journey, you would call it, I realized that there was a little bit of a quality issue as far as hair extension. So I told my manager at the time, she's now my business partner, Rachel Madison. I told her, I said, you know, I want to create my own extension line. I want to create a community where stylists can have a company behind them that has their back. I have the amazing Amanda Craig here with me today. Amanda has been one of the most in-demand stylists in Nashville, working with some of the biggest names in the music industry, including Blake Shelton, Kelly Clarkson, Bray Lynn, and Cassidy Pope. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be your first guest on your podcast. This is really exciting. 
<laughs> so, um, yeah, I've been in the industry for 17 years. It really flies by. And um, I've had the true privilege of working with some amazing humans um, from celebrities to athletes. Uh, I guess athletes would be considered a celebrity. Hmm, that's a thought. Um, but uh, also just wonderful people in general. Uh, I spent eight years going back and forth to L.A. working with Blake doing The Voice, which for me was an experience this small town girl never dreamt that she would ever be a part of. But, you know, things happen if you work hard, right? And yes. during that time, I opened up my salon with Derek Reynolds. He's my partner. And we're now five years in. And we also opened a barber shop and retail component named Edward. And that opened um, in November. So fresh businesses, well, pretty fresh businesses. But in the five years that Lee Edwards has been open, we have already been named top 200 salons in the country two, for two years in a row. So that makes me feel, I, I feel Amazing. like that's one of my biggest accomplishments. And wow. I have a child and I'm married, you know, just trying to, I'm wearing many hats these days. For sure. Well, I'm so excited to talk to you today, Amanda. I have only known you, did we meet at the beginning of, was it beginning of March or end of February? And I just, since I've known you, I mean, as you know, I've, I could definitely consider you one of my very good friends. And Absolutely. really, other than that, your knowledge is just something that I'm just want to gravitate towards because you just seem like you have it all. Oh. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. But isn't it funny how people gravitate to one another? And just like you bringing up being good friends, it just took a simple email and just reaching out and then look what's happening now, which I think that's what's important for people in our industry to also take note of that. If you put yourself out there, what else can happen for you? Um, but yeah, we, I, we met at the end of February and I came on your panel, you know, chatted yeah. Yeah, which was so much fun. I had a blast. That was, it was a great time. Yes, absolutely. And Amanda, one of the things that I love about you is your ability to be so transparent. I feel like, you know, you, of course, just success just comes out of you whichever way. But yeah. at the same time, you're always willing to be very transparent about your journey. And, you know, that's just somewhere, that's some. A, definitely a place that I'm at currently. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to share that it's maybe not always the easiest, the easiest road, but right. that's just something that I love about you is your transparency. And, um, maybe it's not always sunshine and rainbows. So that's kind of what we're going to get in today. I love it. I love it because I like to pretend it's always sunshine and rainbows, but it's not oh, yeah. that way every day. <laughs> it's definitely not. Yeah. Um, but rewarding for sure. I think we would both agree to that. It's mm -hmm. definitely rewarding. Absolutely. So the first thing I want to kind of talk about is, you know, the stereotype that we have in the industry. You and I have had this conversation a couple of times, but I really want to know about you know, and when I talk stereotype, I want to talk about maybe um, 
not taking this as a career, not taking it very seriously. So I want to know your thoughts on where that stereotype maybe came from and how we obtained that. You know, when it comes to our industry, I do feel like that there is a stereotype that people feel like all hairstylists are a certain way. And I do think that that's changing. And I think we are working hard to change how our industry is looked at. I mean, in the 17 years that I've been in this industry, I've definitely seen a huge change. When I first started out, you know, the only thing that a hairstylist could do if they just wanted to go to the next level or most felt that they could do, depending on where they lived, Mm -hmm. um, was just go open another salon. You know, there wasn't in their minds a lot of options. And it's typically why you see a lot of hairstylists leave the industry because they're exhausted (laughs) and they... And not everyone is cut out to own a business. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think that that's okay to say. I mean, owning a business is is really hard. And that might not be someone's strong suit is owning a business and helping mentor the next generation. But as far as stereotype, I I can remember, and I'll give you an example. I can remember I was in my 20s and I was dating Mm -hmm. a guy. This is before I started going on the road. And um working with artists, um, I had a guy that actually said to me, he said, you're just not what I've envisioned. You know, uh, you're great. You're smart. You know, all the, all the things, but I just didn't see myself being with a hairstylist. And (laughs) I can remember that hitting me thinking, wow, what do you, and I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, you know, I introduce you when I go to introduce you to, you know, in business or anything like that, it's just not, your career is not going to stand out. And that's a true story, true statement. Now, I do feel like that that individual is probably looking at me now thinking, dang, (laughs) 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 but things work out the way they're supposed to, right? (laughs) Yes, exactly. I did get the last word. (laughs) But I do know where... But I do know why people, there is that stereotype. I mean, I always say in our industry, if you're doing, if you're not in debt, you're coming to work professional every day, you're going to Mm -hmm. bed on time, you're not partying every night, um, you're not telling everybody, you know, gossiping, you're actually, where's the 15% in our industry? And that's, that's very low. So my mission, my mission is to help retrain that thought process of everyone, of how people see a hairstylist. Um, I love that. My mission is to help not just retrain how we're seen and, but that this is a profession. It's a really great career, but it's also up to us as a stylist to help mentor and train the next generation and why it's important to carry yourself this way, why it's important to dress for success every day, why it's important to, you know, have class and to continue to further yourself with education and, um, you know, know what to say and what not to say, because we've all been there. I mean, the 17 years, believe me, I've said some things, probably I look back and I'm like, ooh, but that's part of being in your early 20s when you start in a career, right? 
but that's what we have to do as far as mentors is help the next generation and also help educate people on how they look at us. So yeah, that's my mission. So, you know, Amanda, that was actually why I, it was not a hard decision for you to be my very first guest for the We're Just Hairdressers podcast, because, you know, We're Just Hairdressers actually came from a very similar story. Um, So, you know, Rachel and I, my business partner, we were sitting in Vegas um, several months back and we were sitting at the bar having a drink after a business convention. And this guy sitting next to me, he was trying to chat it up and I'm, you know, asking what we do, all this and that. And, you know, all I told him was, well, I'm just, I'm I'm a hairdresser. And he looked at me and I could feel him like look up and down. And he was like, girl, you've got your St. Laurent bag and your Gucci shoes and you're just a hairdresser. And my business partner, who was ready to fight anyone, <laughs> anyone, anytime and every time for me, um, she, I thought she was going to say something to him. And she, I was like, nope, he just gave me an idea. And, you know, it's very similar to your ex-boyfriend story because, you know, people just don't understand <laughs> that hairdressers can actually be great business women and men. And... Mm-hmm. You know, we aren't just hairdressers. We are so much more than that. And I'm just into this whole changing the stereotype. I do think that we are actually changing that for sure. A hundred percent. And and again, it goes back to, to are you going to take the insult? Because it is an insult <laughs> how he spoke to you. It's an insult of how you know, someone you care about looks at you, but are you going to take that and are you going to turn that and make that help that work in your, on your side, as far as educating people around what we do. But I do think it does take us the way we're going to, only way we're going to change that stereotype is if everyone changes, you know, how they're working, how they're carrying themselves. Um, because I mean, but this goes with any industry. Not every teacher is a good teacher. Mm-hmm. Not every, um, nurse is a great nurse. And so not every hairstylist carries themselves professionally. You know, I don't think that it's great to walk into your place of business. Like you just rolled out of bed. Right. And I've seen that many times with hairstylist. Um, you know, I, you know, I always say, when you get up in the morning and you get dressed, you need to look at yourself in the mirror and you need to say, do I have the right to give beauty advice today? <laughs> yes. Have I earned that right? Exactly. <laughs> and, and if you, and, and I think that's, that's not too much to ask because at the end of the day, that client is coming to see you. What a gift. They chose you. Mm-hmm. They chose to, Take time out of their day and spend their money with you. The least you can do is come in and carry yourself in a professional manner. Because how would you feel if your doctor walked in in their PJs? Scary. I, I would be like, I just don't know. I, I mean, don't know how this is going to work I, out. If my son's pedi- if, 
<laughs> yeah, if my son's pediatrician walked in and said, okay, well, Calvin has an earache and she looks like she just crawled out of bed, I'm going to think, I, I don't think that you should be saying that my child needs to have tubes put in their ears. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, I don't trust you. I'm getting a second opinion. Exactly. So that's all I mean. I, it's not It's not me being hateful. It's actually me wanting something so much more for our industry and for someone I haven't even met. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Here we go. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a level of respect, I think, for you know, yourself as a businesswoman and a hairdresser, but also respect for, like you said, those people that are walking in your door, ready to spend money with you. Um, I want to give them the best, mm -hmm. the best version of myself. And, and, you know, now, and now, especially in this new norm yeah, of wearing masks and having to, you know, the experience is, it's much harder to make sure that a client is having that great experience. Exactly. You know, it's, it's a new, it's, it's a change right now. So, um, you, you as a professional have got to, you might be giving it a hundred percent, but hundred percent isn't enough. Right. You've got to give it 150%. Well, everyone down the street, because hundred <laughs> Yeah. So you've got to give it 150% because you know, whole, whole, the whole part of what we do is an experience. And when you're wearing a mask right. <laughs> and trying to talk to your guest, you know, and I'm not, it just depends on where you live, if you're still having to do that or not. Um, in Nashville, we still have to wear masks when we see clients. Um, and it's probably going to be that way for a very long time. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if I walked up to you, Tara, and and I have on my yoga pants and my Nikes and my hair's in a ponytail, or I'm just wearing a blue jean, blue jeans, Nikes and a t-shirt and my, you know, what, a, you know, oh, I might've put on earrings for you and I'm wearing the mask. That doesn't feel good. Yes. Cause you don't have the smile to go along with it. Exactly. Um, but you know, we've, we're making our we're making our way and I do think social media has helped that. Oh yeah. And to show what you can be as a hairstylist. It's cool to be a hairdresser um, these days. So absolutely. <laughs> I think it's one of the coolest things. Thanks for I've always known it was cool. That's how yeah, I wanted I've to do it. Known, exactly. <laughs> so okay, tell me a little bit about like, you know, what are some tips that um we can all take and you know, do in our everyday lives to be taken seriously? Um, it goes back to what I was saying, you know, dress for success every day. Carry yourself in a professional manner. When you're, when you are in the building at your salon company, mm -hmm. uh, be there a hundred percent. And when I say be there a hundred percent, I mean, not just for yourself, but be there for your team. Um, let your client, I always say the worst thing you can do and the, it's the impression you can do, and we've all been guilty of it for your client is to hide away. You know, when you get finished with doing your client's color or your cut or whatever it is you're doing that day with your client is to disappear in the back. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, 
it's kind of like what you say when you're a teenager, your dad or your mom always said, nothing good happens after 11 o'clock. <laughs> well, nothing good happens just hanging out in the back room exactly. either. So, so um, I'm using that you know, tomorrow on my silence. <laughs> yeah. So there's always something you can do to not just better your own experience being in your salon. I mean, because what are you there? Six hours, mm -hmm. eight hours? You know, I mean, give it your all while you're there, you know, help out your teammate, let your client see what you're doing, pre-book your client while you're there, have a conversation with your client, make them feel that it's, let make them feel the experience and it's so much more than just getting their hair done. It's a hassle. They, you want them to look forward to the next time they see you, you know, in your downtime, I mean, are you checking your books? Are you looking to see, okay, hmm, all right, we're supposed to do a single, my next guest coming in, we're supposed to do a single process, but actually I really have a fun new idea I re really want to do on her hair. Let me look through Pinterest and pull up some ideas for her. Are you doing those things? Or are you going and just jumping on Instagram and hanging out and just, you know, soaking in all that that doesn't help you at all in the salon right i always say unless you're at your when you're at your business unless you are doing something that's bettering your brand and the salon's brand you don't need to be on it right unless you're doing instagram stories around hey you know i'm here da da da, da you know i'm rocking it out behind the chair today uh then you don't need to be on it Right. There's no reason you need to be a hundred percent focused and that goes into everything we do Absolutely. when you're, when you're with someone else, you need to be focused on them. But that would be, that's part of my advice around things you can do to better yourself. And, mm -hmm. uh, but also pre-planning, you know, when you leave before you leave each day, are you getting on the computer and you're planning out next your next day that you work behind the chairs day, you know, and I always say this, I mean, we don't, we don't allow it in our salon company, but now I've seen a lot of salons that it happens at where someone may only have one or two people on their books and they think, well, let me move them to this other day where I'm fully booked. It'll make, make more time. Well, that's a very, I, I'm, I'm very against moving clients around because I know how I feel. I skip my whole life lives on the calendar. Right. <laughs> so, you know, when you make a phone call to move someone around now, things happen. I mean, it's one thing to move someone around a month out, you know, and it, that's a whole different animal. Doctor's offices do that, you know, right. but it's another to do it the day before two days before. Right. Um, that also is, it's taking our salon, taking our industry and dropping it down a notch because they're like, well, you know, you know, she called or he called and I don't want to upset them. I really, it's not convenient for me to come, but I'll do it. You know, mm -hmm. I can tell uh, it doesn't go over well. So I say, don't do that. You know, that's if you have one person on your books, you go in and you give it your all. And in the meantime, go through your list of your clients and see who you haven't seen in a while. 
you know, reconnect with your clients. Send some thank you cards. Make every day that you're supposed to be behind the chair, whether you have 12 people or you have zero people, make the most of that time. Work like work. Yeah. Even though you might not be touching hair, work. And get yourself out there. Figure out how to feel in your book and um, to make people feel like they're a priority. All right. I love that. Um, does that answer any questions? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I um, love that. I mean, I could, I have a whole list. I have a whole list of things I could go down, absolutely. but I don't want to bore you. <laughs> oh, not at all. I, I love that. I think that, you know, those things are just so important to um, be more than just a hairdresser, but you know, something that I kind of want to touch on a little bit with you, and it's a little bit has to do with that sarcastic um, part of, you know, we're just hairdressers. Um, building wealth. You know, we, you and I have talked a lot mm -hmm. about the opportunities of how much wealth that can be built in this industry. And, you know, it's actually, again, why we're just hairdressers was developed is because, you know, it's kind of a, it's kind of, it's kind of hush hush, you know, it's not, it's not something that, you know, we're artists. We don't want to talk about how much money we make and how much money we can make. And, you know, so you, mm -hmm. you'll attend all these classes and, and no offense to any other class out there, but it's just another class. It's just another, like, let's learn how to color hair and cut it and then go home for the day. But what about all the other stuff that helps us in life and, you know, pay our bills and, and give our, you know, our kids a new, of the life that we want them to have. So I really want to ask you, what does building wealth behind the chair? What does that mean to you? I mean, you're, you told me yesterday, what are you, 22 years into this? Is that no, 17 years, 17 years. So, um, you know, you're 17 yeah. years in, which, I is incredible. So obviously your knowledge on this, I know we've talked about it. So I know you have tons of knowledge on this, but what is building wealth behind the chair? What does that mean to you? Well, I mean, so, so building wealth behind the chair, you and I've talked about this uh, on several occasions, but nothing hurts my heart more. And I'll start this by saying nothing hurts my heart more than seeing a hair stylist, hairdresser, you know, there's a service provider, what we all call it, everything's different right. names, but seeing a man or woman working behind the chair in their 40s, and they probably started in the industry at 20, 2021, 20, um, in their 40s doing hair because they have to, not because they want to. Nope. And the, in my, um, in what I've experienced in that is people typically are in that situation because either A, they got in the industry later, which is completely understandable. I mean, if you didn't start to later, then that's a whole different animal. But if you started, you know, at 20, 20, you know, 21 years old, 22, then you've probably made bad financial choices. And, you know, you're going to, I, I always coach to not just my team, but anyone that I meet along the way around this industry. When you start out, say at 20 or 21 years old, 
you are going to make so much money in that first 10 years of your career. Right. First off, you're young, so you can work. Your body can do it because this is, I mean, it's a tough business. It, I mean, it wears on your body. Um, and also you're going out and you're socializing and you're networking and you're meeting all kinds of people. But not only do I tell everyone work as much as you possibly can during that time and build your brand, but also um, plan financially during that time. You know, do are you investing in a 401k? Are you investing in property? Um, are you planning ahead? Don't go out and buy the most expensive car <laughs> during that time. Um, don't go out and buy a home that you really can't afford, but you just want to be in it. Be smart with your money because we all want something so much fast. Everyone's in a hurry. And now with the way social media is, you look at everyone's lives like you know them. And believe me, you don't know them. You don't know what's going on. Um, I've been in many, many, many beautiful homes and you're driving up and you're just thinking, oh my gosh, this house. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait to walk in. They barely have any furniture because they... <laughs> can't afford to fill it with furniture. So, because they're more concerned about the exterior. Mm -hmm. So I, I cannot preach enough, be smart, work as much as you possibly can, but early on get, you know, get with a financial advisor and plan because creative brains, we're typically not good with money. You know, that's not way our brain works. We are ideas. We're like on to the next thing, on to the next plan. And I'm not saying everyone's that way, but most of the hairstylists along my way are not good money managers, <laughs> you know, which is that's not how we were. We, we don't use that side of our brain. Now we can train that side of our brain through education and going to classes and having the right people around us to help mentor us. Um, that's what I've done along the way. But um, I, I just want people to, to plan ahead and also plan ahead. You know, you might only want to do this. Be behind. I mean, I have hairstylists that work for me that have made it very clear. I really don't want to be behind the chair four or five days a week, you know, in the next five years. Right. I want to, you know, I want to do platform work. I want to go on the road or which is wonderful. And I'm like, let me help you. Or I want to invest in your salon company or, you know, or actually I think I might end up just going out on my own brand. And I'm so excited for them for that. Uh, but I think it's just having a plan and, and also being open to hearing people's advice around it. Uh, something I always find interesting as well in our industry, when I have just chatted with different people. In my salon company, we we are all about pre-planning. So not only do we pull retention reports to see who's coming, you know, who we haven't seen, we also pull retention reports on our individual stylists just so they're aware. But also my team is really great about planning and knowing who's coming in, knowing how many guests they have a month. Um, 
what's interesting to me is when I meet people who they say, oh my gosh, I'm so busy. I'm just slammed, you know, six days a week. I can't even breathe. Oh, and I, and when I say to them, well, how many guests do you see a month? Well, I don't know. <laughs> well, how many guests do you have all together? I don't know. Well, of all those guests that you've seen in the past three months, who has returned? I don't know because they're too busy being busy. Does that make sense or not keeping up with what's going on in their business? They're just going along. And then before you know it, they say, where's all my guests? What happened to my, you know, where'd they go? Uh, Because when you're too busy being busy, you're probably overbooking. You're not returning phone calls. You're exhausted. and that's just what happens. I mean, so it's so if you if you're in a salon company that doesn't help mentor you on how to keep up with those things and how to grow, um, you might want to look into another salon company because they're just they're just going through the motions. Right. If you are if you're working in a booth rent situation, I cannot tell you enough how important it is to make sure that those simple tools don't fall to the waistline because those simple tools are game changers. And, um, and you will slowly see your book, you fall apart because that client is no longer having the experience that they once had with you. And the simple tools, it goes along with how are you dressing every day? Are you showing up to work? you know, 20 minutes before your first client. Um, Is your space clean? (laughs) You know, are you offering the nicest products? Are you sharing knowledge around products Um, so that they can go home and still recreate the look that you are giving them in your space? Uh, You know, are you keeping up with your who's coming in and who's not? Those are it sounds so simple, but the most simple tools are the biggest tools to me. You know, I if that makes yeah. any sense at all. Totally does. I I completely agree. I, you know, I think those we we call them simple tools, but those are the things that are going to scale your business and scale you to that next level of, of success. Um, you know, I I want. I'm not going to lie to people. Mm-hmm. I once was that 22 year old that. I remember I was 22. I drove a little white BMW. I thought it was so cool, guys. And I was just making all kinds of money, but I didn't really know how much money I was making. And Mm -hmm. it took, you know, my body hurting and to make me realize that I wasn't going to be able to do this forever. And, you know, you're right. At that moment, you know, it was like, okay, I know that I'm smart enough to be the businesswoman that I want to be. And so it was just up to me whether I wanted to apply myself uh, to make things happen. I'm now 29 and I don't, I know for a fact I wouldn't be, you know, where I was financially then now if I would have kept on the same road. So, you know, like you said, 100%. And again, I'm not... I'm almost 39 years old, Tara. So no. believe me, yeah. <laughs> you know, I've also was the 22 and 23 year old, like rolling into 
you know, I was an assistant rolling in with probably I went to sleep at five o'clock in the morning, hair sticking up everywhere. But, um, you know, that's why it's important for us to mentor and say, hey, you know, instead of they teased me, you know, they would, you know, that was their easy way. And I love them, you know, but if I'd had a Derek, like my business partner, or even myself say, hey, listen, what's your plan here? Let's let's chat about it. Let's figure out what your game plan is. I I, I want to go back to the, the, the financial part of it. So when I was on The Voice, I worked with a woman named Christy. Christy is one of the coolest makeup artists I've ever met. She's actually Carson Daly's makeup artist. Now, she's been with him since wow. TRL days. So she's living in New York. She's She just turned 21. She gets this gig with Carson Daly doing TRL. And she's making all this money. Well, this financial advisor just was nice enough to say, hey, listen, you're making all this money. I'm going to set you up where before you even see the paycheck, $500 is going into a different account. Oh. Okay. So that being said, she's in her early 40s and she's a millionaire. <laughs> all from $500. That's great. A month going into an account that gets interest. So it's those little things that you, you know, I think people will, especially with hairstylists, I, you know, it drives me crazy when hairstylists don't keep up right. with their tips because as a hairstylist, you can make, you know, ten, fifteen thousand $15,000 a year additional in tips. But most of the time, people aren't keeping and up more with it. Than they don't that know. If you show up on time and you show up um, put together. That, <laughs> well, yeah. And yeah. And that's, yeah. If you're coming and you're giving 100% mm. and, you know, you've built to that place where you have an associate or some people like to call an assistant. I mean, the amount, what you can do, that's just me. That's me being pretty conservative. But I also want to push, say this. And I, for anyone that's listening, please, please show what your tips you're making. Show that because that's the difference. And when you go to apply mm -hmm. for a house to get a mortgage, that's the difference in getting a $250,000 house or a $350,000 right. house. So it does make a huge difference. And you need to make sure you show that. I, I hate that old school That's thought okay. process of, well, you got to hide your tips, hide it. Don't let the government see. No, no, let the, you need right. to show that <laughs> because you're going to be really sad when you can't get your dream house all because you weren't showing exactly mm -hmm. how much you're making. Um, and I could go on for days and days Maybe around that, but. It. Podcast, I'll save that just for that. <laughs> maybe save. Yeah. Or I could save that when you do yeah. another panel or maybe we go, you know, who knows what exactly. we might get into. So yeah, I'll save it and we can just see what the viewers want, but I just have to throw that out there. I love it's that. So important. There is a couple of things I want to hit on before we um, close this out today, but you know, on your Instagram bio, <laughs> you have woman on a mission. I know that you've shared with me a little bit about your husband and you mm -hmm. working on something. 
Can you tell us a little bit more about what woman on a mission means? Oh, gosh. Well, is that foggy? Yes. Are you guys there? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, woman on a mission for me, I think it means something different for everyone. Um, it is something within myself that I want to do for others and my journey. And, you know, right now I can't go into too much detail around it, but I will be sharing soon. And when I do, you will be the first person to know about one of the first people to know about it here. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) but I will say it involves, um, lots of heart and helping grow the next generation. And right now, you know, my, I'm a, I'm a mom. I mean, I have a two and a half year old. Like I said, I'm almost 39 years old. I've been in the industry a long time. And, um, you know, a lot of things are new to me, being a new mom, being a business owner, building, you know, our next, the next generation of hairstylists, uh, growing them, growing my companies, but also growing within myself too. And something that I'm very passionate about is helping other people. And which is probably why I went down the the nursing journey Mm -hmm. for a short time because I, I love people. I really do. And I forever will feel in my heart that there are more good people in this world than bad. And I, just want to love every single person and do something so much bigger than even myself. Some, I just, something that's selfless and that's part of my journey, you know? So we're gonna, I can't wait till we get it going and then um, we can go from there. But yeah, yeah, stay tuned. I can't wait to hear more about that. (laughs) And, you know, I think that just goes full circle of what we've talked about this whole time is you know, what's your, what's your game plan? What's your end game? What, what are you going to do when maybe, you know, you have kids and you can't stand behind the chair or, you know, you're 20 years in and standing behind mm-hmm. the chair six days or even four is going to be hard. Um, so I just love everything that you had to say about that. Um, I love, love, love the line that, um, you want to be able to do hair because you want to, not because you have to. Um, that's something that I will never forget for sure. Mm -hmm. And that is just so true. Yeah. I, I hope anyone in this industry, if you, you could be 70 years old and if you're choosing to do it because you love it, that's wonderful, but please make sure you're doing it because you love it because this is a really amazing industry. And, um, when you're doing something, I think this is important to note. And, and I hope this, anyone can relate to this when you stop loving something you're doing and they, and I hope there's all kinds of people listening to this, not just hairstylists, you know, um, or just anyone in the beauty industry, when you're doing something that you love, your light, your energy is just going to shine and you are going to help that next person in line. But when you're doing something you no longer are passionate about, then you're doing a huge disservice, not only to yourself, but to those around you. And when I say that, you could have, 
this, you know, young person that's just coming into our industry and is so excited. And then they could be totally knocked down by someone who's jaded. They hate it. They're not happy. They're burnt out and they're negative. And what I want to encourage anyone to do, if you have stylists like that in your salon company, it's time to have that conversation and let them go. No matter how much money they're bringing into your salon company, you don't need that energy. And you're just going to run off the next generation or damage that next generation that would actually be really great. So it's just okay. take that advice. I could listen to your advice all day. All the way around. Don't, don't, yeah, don't be a disservice. Be the service, not the right. disservice. So oh, I yeah, love okay. it. Um, like I said, I, everything that you have to say is just full of knowledge. What about if people want to contact you? I know that. Um, you know, we talked about, I know you're getting into some consulting, um, you know, some of that side of things. How can people contact you? Uh, yeah. So you could check out my Instagram. It's Amanda Craig, L-E-C. Uh, also, you can email me, Amanda at LeeEdwards.co. And that's L-E-I-G-H. E D W A R D S dot C O. Awesome. I love yeah. it. Um, well, I love to hear. Yeah, I, I love having conversations and yes, helping I other people. I love it so much. Amanda, thank you so much for being on here today. I'm honored that you were able to be on our first episode. Um, thank you for that. Um, well, friend, <laughs> I'm honored. Well, this is not, it's I'm not going to be over. Friend. I'm going to, you're going to be back. So, um, I know everyone wants to hear from <laughs> Thank you for listening to the first episode of We're Just Hairdressers. I'm Tara Harville, reminding you that building wealth from behind the chair is obtainable. 